0: Welcome on in to the Jazz Talk Podcast. I am your host, CJ Dieters. In today's episode, we are going to be covering how are the Jazz going to use their biannual exception this season. Um, If you're unaware, the uh, biannual exception is another one of the exceptions that NBA teams have use of so that they can pay players even if they are over the salary cap. Um... So this exception, it comes around every two years, biannual exception, um, and it's about historically over the last few years, it's been, you know, two, two years, about seven million, um, maybe on up to eight million. So you're looking at a guy that you can pay in the neighborhood of three to $4 million a year. Uh, Um, we've. We'll cover more in depth in another episode what the Jazz do with their mid-level exception, which ends up being about four years, forty million dollar contract. Um, so this player we're talking about right now is more of a bench depth type guy. Um, you know, he's not going to be not usually not going to be a starter for your team, but he's going to be a guy that can come in, give you you know ten to eighteen minutes a game. Um, my belief is that with this, the Jazz really need more depth on the wing. Um, this last year we saw that they, you know, Rudy's Rudy's great. They have great guards. Um, and their wings can shoot. But they, you know, Joe Ingles predominantly will play defense on guards. Because he's not strong enough. Agile enough to deal with guys like LeBron and uh, Kevin Durant. Guys like that. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich, an amazing shooter. But you have to almost always put him on the power forward because he's not a good defender. Royce O'Neill is probably the best perimeter defender that the Jazz have. Um, but he has to cover whoever the other team's best player is. It doesn't matter what the position is. Unless it's center. Rudy will cover that. But... Um, Royce is, is the guy that gets put on whoever is the other team's best player. And then that's it. <clears throat> I mean, they still have George Niang, but George Niang is a horrible defender, but he can come in and knock down shots. Um, you know, they have these couple young guys in Jarrell Brantley and Juwan Morgan who could possibly be good defenders on the team, um, but we just really haven't seen much from them yet. Um, and so with the biannual exception, I think that's where the Jazz really need to address is the, is the wing position. Um, so I'm just going to give you a few different guys, um, this will be a shorter episode, but just a few different guys, um, tell you a little bit about them, and um, if it's realistic that they would actually come to Utah, and would they take the biannual exception, or would they need more? Um, so the first guy is Mo Harkless. Uh Mo Harkless is six foot eight, two hundred and twenty pounds, plays small forward and power forward. Um Mostly he's played for the Trailblazers. Last year he played for the Clippers and Knicks. Um after getting traded it traded during the summer and then traded again um along with uh, or in the uh Marcus Morris trade that the Clippers pulled off. Um, had kind of a disappointing year this last year. Was injured a bit. Um, could never really crack the rotation with the Clippers. Um, but he's he's a good athlete. <clears throat> he's long. He's a good defender. Um, the the problem with him is he's only like a thirty percent three point shooter for his career. Um, so if you get up to it, get it to him wide open, he can knock it down. But not even that. Not in at a really high rate. Um, being in the Jazz's offense with how much they move the ball and how many wide-open shots they, they get for role players, um, maybe could help that a little bit, um, but you're still not doing great there. Um, but that's going to be the case with almost all these guys that we talk about in this range. Um, now, do I think Mo Harkless w- would come to Utah possibly I think he's gonna have offers from the LA teams um probably from the Miami Heat um I'm sure the Celtics would like to have him basically any contender right now any team that could possibly push their way into the finals this next year is gonna want a guy like Mo Harkless um just with how versatile he is um and as we saw with the Lakers this year, just having size and not just size, but size that can move is extremely valuable. Um it, it really suffocates the size of the court. Um, if you watched any Lakers games this year, when they're running their normal starting lineup with LeBron, AD, JaVale McGee, Danny Green and then whichever guard they threw in there, sometimes Catavius Caldwell Pope. Um the, the court was smaller because um, all those guys can move and they're huge um, and so it's really a valuable thing to have just pure size that can move on the court sometimes um, now on the offensive end you want, you want them to have some sort of offensive skill to where the other team can't just totally pull off of them um, and so it, it becomes a uh, a tricky uh, situation they have to work with there. Because you want the size, you want the defense, you want the athleticism, but you also don't want to go down to the offensive end and have it be if they're not dunking, they're not getting paid attention to. Paid attention to on the other side. Um, I would say the likelihood of getting a guy like Mohar close would be, we'll say, three out of ten. There's a possibility of it, but I think I think there's going to be a lot of suitors for him. Um, so the next guy is Andre Roberson. Um, Andre this last year made uh, made 10 million dollars a year, but he's been injured for the last two years. Uh, was finally able to come back to play in the bubble, um, and it, it, he he looked like he could still contribute, but he also looked like he had two years worth of rust on him that he, you know, like he hadn't played in a long time. Um, So I feel like he'll sign a lower contract this year and then possibly try and get out in free agency the next year um, once he's regained his value, which is a good thing for the Jazz. That means that they have a a chance at getting him. Now, Andre is an amazing defender. He's about 6'7", somewhere in the 225, 235 range. Um, can basically guard any position. Honestly, I would play him at the power forward um, because he's big and he's strong and he's a great defender, but he also, he cannot shoot. Um, that's been the thing with him his whole career. Um, he's he's a horrible shooter, um, and that's why you'd use a, like something like the biannual exception with him because you don't want to commit $10 million a year to a guy... <clears throat> that can't hit wide open threes. I mean, he can hit it a little bit and hopefully during his time um, away from the game. And during this off season, he gets some more work at it. But again, he's not a shooter, but he is when he's in his top form, he's one of the best perimeter defenders the league's ever seen. I mean, he's right up there with Kawhi Leonard. Um, now again, like, like, like I said, because he's been out for two years, I don't think the amount of suitors is going to be quite as high for him as a guy like Mo Harkless. So I'm going to put the uh, chances of getting Andre Roberson with the BAE at, we'll say five and five point five out of ten. Um, so more likely, but there's still a really good chance that somebody like the Lakers or the Warriors or somebody like that steps in and takes him. Because, I mean, that's just the reality with the Jazz. Um, A lot of these players would much rather be in Los Angeles or Miami or New York than Salt Lake City. Even though I love Salt Lake City, I love Utah in general. Um, You know, that... The, the flashiness comes from being in LA or New York um, that's just something that the jazz <clears throat> have understand and that's something that they've been dealing with ever since they came to, to Utah <coughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me um, yeah so next next guy I want to talk about is James Ennis uh, James Ennis played for the Philadelphia 76ers and the Orlando Magic this last year, he made about $2 million. Um, so that's that's good news right there, um, that he wasn't making a ton more like Parkless or Roberson were, and is expecting to make that kind of money. Ennis um, is more of an offensive player. He's, he's a guy that he can hit threes. Um, he can create his own shot a little bit. He's not going to create for others a ton. Um, On the defensive end, he's solid. He's not amazing like Roberson is, but he's solid. Um, But because he was only making $2 million this last year, and because he's bounced around a lot throughout his career, I think he's a very gettable guy. Um, He is a little smaller than the other two. He's about 6'6", probably 205, 210. Um, But I would say getting him with the biannual exception is probably... An eight out of ten. I, I I really think that the Jazz would have a good chance of getting him, and I think he'd be a good fit with the team. Um, I would go for the first two guys um, before him, but if Ennis is what they're left with, not a bad use of the of the BAE. Um. So next guy <clears throat> is Ron. Sorry. Sorry about that. My throat keeps getting all caught up, but uh. Uh, next guy is, uh, uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Uh, Rondé played for the Toronto Raptors this last year on a one-year deal, uh, for two and a half million. Before that, he had been playing with the new, uh, Brooklyn Nets. Um, when he became a free agent, they decided not to bring him back. And I think they almost instantly regretted that. Um, Ronde is about 6'6", 6'7", somewhere in that range, um, 220 pounds, um, and just a freak athlete. Um, he's one of these guys that you know can get his head well above the rim anytime he jumps, can chase down just about anybody in the league. Um, he's a good defender. I think he has the potential to be just an absolutely amazing defender with that athleticism, with his size, with the length of his arms. Um, on the offensive end, he's a, another one of these guys. He he struggles on that end. Um, he's not a great shooter. Um, he has shown promise, though, as being a, as a role guy. Um, so if you put in a... If the Jazz picked up a stretch five and put him next to, to Roberson, had Roberson playing the four... He could be the, the pick and roll guy, which is usually Rudy Gobert's role, um, and get to the basket, catch all the hoops, um, and just use that athleticism and length to his advantage. Um, I think Robert or uh, Hollis Jefferson liked his time in uh, Toronto, so it would be a little bit tougher to get him. But I think there's a chance. Um, I'll put that him at. We'll say 6 out of 10. So less of a chance than Ennis, but more of a chance than the other two guys. Um, and with this offseason, not a lot of teams having cap space. I think it's a bigger chance that you could get a guy like Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I think if a lot of teams had space right now, he could easily pull in, you know, 7, 8 million a year. Um, but since very few teams have cap space, I think 3.5 million a year... Um, could get him. Um, the last guy that I wanted to talk about. Which. and There's a lot of other guys out there. Um, I could give you a big old list of guys. That I think could come in and help. But I'm just looking at these few main guys here. Um, so. The last one is Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill made $12 million this last year. Played for the Grizzlies in the heat. But basically ever since he signed that contract that he was on, uh, he signed it the same year that the Jazz signed Joe Johnson. I think it was like a four year like four year 52 million, something like that dollar deal with the Pelicans and it was almost immediately like, oh, we overpaid this guy by a lot. He's got a lot. He's got some skill. He's a good defender but we should not be paying him this much money. Um, So I think and plus he's older now, I think the Jazz could get him, um, it's about 6'6", um, probably close to 240, maybe 245, he's, he's a big guy, um, and he actually might be closer to 6'7", than 6'6", but anyway, um, strong defender, He's going to mostly have to play power forward at this point in his career. Um, he's just not quite as quick as as what he was. Um, I think at times you could still run him at the three. Um, but the biggest thing that he has changed um, that makes me believe that he would be a good fit with the Jazz is that he can knock down the three now. Um, this last year with the Grizzlies, he was knocking it down at a very high rate. He was shooting it at a high rate, so he's putting up quite a few three-pointers. And he was hitting them. Um, and, you know, the Jazz this last season were the number one three point shooting team in the league um, as far as percentage goes. And I think adding a guy like Solomon Hill would not hurt that. Um, I don't know if it'd really help a ton, but he wouldn't hurt the Jazz's uh, three point shooting for the year. And with how many wide open shots the Jazz produce, um, maybe he could shoot 39, 40% again. Um, I would say the likelihood of being able to get a guy like Solomon Hill um, probably 9 out of 10 I think I think he'll have a little bit of interest but I think that he is very gettable for the Jazz and would fit very well um, now out of these 5 guys that I listed Bo uh, Harkless, Andre Roberson um, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson James Ennis and uh, Solomon Hill my top pick would be Rondae Hollis-Jefferson if they could get him he's still pretty young again extremely athletic I think he still has a lot of raw skill that the Jazz's developmental coaches could help him out with Um, but any of these five guys or guys like Michael Kegilchrist Catavius Caldwell Pope which I think he'll make more than that Um, again, like I said, I can, I can go through and find a bunch of these guys, but I think that is where the jazz really need to focus this off season is adding a guy on the wing that can defend. Well, can hit open threes. If he can hit open threes at a really high rate, that's great, but mostly defense, adding size, adding, um, athleticism. Um, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, more episodes of the NBA podcast should be coming out soon. Um, every week, another episode of this jazz talk podcast will be coming out. Um, and yeah, again, thank you for listening. Go jazz.